the Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup and won the Stanley Cup for the second time in four seasons. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Talkin' Hockey Podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 8th, and I am here along with my partner, Tony Janaris. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Jack, doing pretty well. I'm actually really excited for um, these next couple months because the Blackhawks are going to be busy. We have a lot to talk about, Tony, and it has been a minute since we recorded the last episode, about three weeks or a month or so, but That's Mm -hmm. kind of what we wanted to let the offseason build up and progress some mock drafts and such to get out there. We went into in-depth with the postseason talk because we wanted our options to be realistic. And for that to happen, we kind of had to let the postseason play out a little bit, let some teams get bounced in the first round and need to make some adjustments before heading into the next season. So to start off this episode, Tony, I think a good topic to talk about would be the IIHF men's World Championships that's coming up this Friday with some Blackhawks representing a couple of different countries in the tournament. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, last year, Cannon DeBrickett had a great tournament showing. And I think that's a good point to start at with the Team USA and their roster, which, as we just talked about, will include Patrick Kane. And last year, Patrick Kane was the MVP of the tournament. He had eight goals, 12 assists, and 10 games on way to winning a bronze medal. And those are the only two Blackhawks on the U.S. roster again this season. But there are some interesting names alongside them, Tony, and one name in particular that has both of our attention. Jack Hughes has officially made the roster, and although he's yet to play a professional hockey game, he's going to be playing for Team USA in this tournament, Tony. What do you got to think about Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes, uh, pretty much safe to say that he's the consensus number one overall pick. What do you think? More than likely going number one overall to the Devils. Yes, absolutely. Um, It'll be interesting to see him playing with uh, some older veterans because he's only 18 and he's still wearing a a cage. (laughs) That's kind of weird to see that. He's out there with a bunch of grown men and he's, you know, a week away from his 18th birthday still having to wear the full cage out there. Yeah. Looking like a college hockey kid. (laughs) But it will be interesting to see how Jack Hughes handles this tournament. Nonetheless, how he plays, it'll be important to his progression. I mean, obviously, it's more than likely that the New Jersey Devils are going to take him number one overall. But I'm really curious to see how he plays in uh, his first kind of glimpse of professional hockey talent. Yeah, I think uh, this will be a great first test for him because most of the guys – in the IHF tournament are, like we said, they're NHL players or they're veterans in their respective leagues. Um, he's going to go up against bigger players. So uh, we'll see if he can actually man up and handle the, the checking and handle the, the big boys for checking. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously when the Blackhawks were, uh, in last place around December and January, we were kind of throwing around that Jack Hughes playing with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett scenario, yeah. but obviously that won't happen with the Blackhawks unless a miracle Jack Hughes drops number three. But we yeah. could we could see that happening with Team USA. He could potentially play with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane this tournament, Tony. Yeah, I I feel like since we might not be able to draft him, this is the next best thing. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch him play, especially with uh, guys that he's going to be mostly taking part with in just a few short months. 
And then one guy I definitely wanted to bring up on the Team USA roster that we were kind of hopeful the Blackhawks would go out and get, but that obviously didn't happen, was Adam Fox. Yeah, He's making the roster, recently traded from the Carolina Hurricanes to the New York Rangers. It will be interesting to see how he plays in this first uh, aspect of NHL or professional level hockey as well. Yeah, um, he played, uh, what, he played three years in college, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, he has never played against bigger players, really. Yeah. So he's another player on Team USA to keep your eye on that's an amateur player that's going to be playing against top players uh, in the world. And then kind of talking about some other players on the Team USA roster to keep your eyes on. Uh, Patrick Kane started the first game on the top line with Jack Eichel and Clayton Keller. So that obviously will be a fun trio to watch. And then some other fun guys to watch on this roster, Johnny Goudreau and Dylan Larkin. So there's a lot of playmakers on this Team USA, Tony. It should be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm expecting them to have a pretty good tournament. Um, Last year, they finished with a bronze. So hopefully they'll get a silver or a gold. That would be great. That would be a big step in the right direction, uh, especially with some top talents. Team Canada has a fairly – good roster themselves and I think that's a good point to transition to right the team Canada roster only one Blackhawk on that team but nonetheless it is an impressive Blackhawk it is Dylan Strom Tony how good do you feel about Dylan Strom being on the team Canada roster this year I feel like this is a really big stepping stone for him in his NHL career um he as most people know he had a a bad experience in Arizona they were misusing him and he was just overall miserable in Arizona. Um, Ever since he came over to Chicago, it's been a totally different story. Um, I feel like this could really be the launching point to getting Strom to the next level in his career, to where he wants to be. This is some serious recognition for Dylan Strom. I mean, he's going to be playing with some good players on that Team Canada roster. And to be honest, I mean, Think about, Tony, 365 days ago, there is no way we would consider Dylan Strom to be on the Team Canada roster. No oh, way. yeah, absolutely not. So it, I'm very excited for the future of Dylan Strom. He just turned 22 years old. He's an extremely young and talented player like his good buddy Alex Dabrinkit. And mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful that both of them just have really good tournaments. Yeah, um, I feel like they, they are going to – play pretty well um, i think they're gonna play against each other at least once too yeah that'll be fun to watch it'll be fun seeing because um there's actually a lot of blackhawks in this tournament oh a plethora moving yeah as we've talked about we already got dylan strom on team canada we got patrick Kanan to bring it on team usa now we can move on to team finland who they won the 2019 world juniors with henry yoki haru anchoring that defense and he's back on their roster for the world championships and they don't really have that much depth defensively. So Yoki Haru could be seeing some big minutes for team Finland in this tournament. Yeah, actually uh, I, I think playing in the tournament uh, did some uh, great things for Yoki Haru's game, even though it didn't really show when he came back. Um, I, he won a gold medal with his good buddy, Capo Capo. Capo. Oh, yep. Yeah. And, he was a leader on that team. I believe he was an alternate captain. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, he probably was. I can't, I can't, I don't remember off the top of my head. But one thing that stuck out to me most importantly about Henry in that tournament was 
oh, I wish I could draw their head coach's name from that tournament off the top of my head. But I remember he told Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton there was no way they win that tournament without Henry Okiharu. There was no way. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. So it will be awesome to see him play uh, with a bunch of uh, his country mates in this tournament. Hopefully it will just only help him grow. And then maybe someone not a lot of Blackhawks fans know too much about just because of the progression of Calendelia. Mm-hmm. Kevin Lankinen, he's a 24-year-old goalie who uh, is kind of fallen into – the prospect pool, as I just said, because of Colin Delia, but he's someone yeah. that could see time for Team Finland in this tournament. Yeah, uh, Lincoln, and he's going to have a great opportunity. He's going to, I think, I would expect him to get like a decent amount of playing time. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how they go uh, about using him, but no matter what his usage is, it's not a bad thing for the Blackhawks to have a plethora of goaltending prospects. Right. Um, speaking of goaltending prospects, um, they have a few. They have Ivan Malamov. Um, they have Lincoln in. They have uh, Alexis Gravel, who looks really good. So this is going to be a good opportunity for Lankanen to kind of show what he has. Yeah, it'll be a good opportunity for him to showcase his skill set, I would say. Yeah, he'll be, so, he'll be a Blackhawks guy that's kind of low-key to keep your eye on. Uh, but as we talked about, Henry Okihari is kind of the main guy on Team Finland to keep your eye on. But really someone to keep your eye on on this Team Finland team is Capo Kako. Oh, yeah. And obviously he's uh, more than likely projected to go number two to the New York Rangers. Yes. But it's going to be fun. All eyes will be on him and Jack Hughes in this tournament. I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table because he is a playmaker and a half, Tony. He is awesome. Right. And he can score from so many different areas on the ice, up close, out on the sideboards. He he can do it all, basically. I literally sit here on my knees praying to the hockey gods. Praying to the hockey gods that the Rangers take their Russian prospects that they love in Vasily Podkosens. Yeah, if that, <laughs> if, that, if that happens, that's another that, blessing that the Blackhawks got lucky with. I know that's more than unlikely, but God, a man can hope at least. I mean, we got lucky enough to move up to third, so why You're not? Right. You're right. You're it's right. possible. So keep your fingers crossed and hope for the best. Uh, but moving on to some other Blackhawks that are playing in the tournament. We got Dominic Cahoon here representing the Blackhawks for Team Germany. He scored a really nice goal today against Team USA in their preseason game, which was nice to see, Tony. Yeah, um, Cahoon, I believe uh, he's going to use this as an opportunity to hone his craft um, international. Terrific rookie season. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a pretty solid rookie season, and I think this, he's going to build off of it here. I think he really uh, seems to be a top nine forward of the future for the Blackhawks, and he kind of what I really liked about Dominic Cahoon this season was – he looked comfortable in any role we played him in. We played him early on the top line with Sadden Taze. Yep. Then we had him on the second line with uh, Dabrinkit and Strom. And then we had him on the third line with Kanan Nisimov. So what I really like about Dominic Cahoon is even in his rookie season, his first season at the North American ice, he looked as comfortable as ever. Yeah, um, I, I think he had a great season. He had 37 points, 82 games. He was Fantastic. a he was a plus ten. Um, he averaged about fourteen minutes, and he was super and, cheap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of production we want from a young guy, and uh, hopefully he'll be a guy that we can extend to our future for a couple of years for the right price as well. What? Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, I think another thing that's kind of 
unsaid about his game is like he's pretty responsible on defense. Absolutely, he is. He is good in his own zone. He's responsible two hundred foot forward, especially when you know he's only twenty two, twenty three years old. He's still a young man growing into his own. I think he's very encouraging for the future of the Blackhawks, especially in their top six department. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's only twenty three. He's the young. He's another young player. Yeah, I'm like, super excited to see how he plays, uh, especially in his contract year this year, and also how he plays for uh, Team Germany, just because he's one of the few NHL players on their roster. Yeah, I I believe he'll probably get uh, big time minutes here since he is like one of the bigger players on their team. Absolutely, it was cool to see him uh, score a goal in their preseason opener. And now moving on to Team Russia, we got our our homeboy Tony Artem Anisimov. <laughs> uh, Notorious Anisimov fans, me and you. <laughs> yeah, I I think he might be out this off season. They might trade him. I don't know. I was just about to say. I think we can both agree we're hopeful the Hawks are able to shed that contract this off season, but yeah. I, I still think that's easier said than done. Yeah. And, and the thing that concerns me about that the most, Tony, is what's going on in the postseason right now. The Brian Bickle trade reminds me of the Anisimov trade so much, and Tavo Teravainen is killing it for the Hurricanes. Yeah, that one hurts, and it's going to hurt for a very long time. Oh, he is signed to a more than reasonable contract with them. Yeah, what is it like? Five years and like five I think five it's mil? like it's either five point two five or five point seven five. Yeah, for the next like five, and it's like Jesus Christ. Like you could have kept him and just let them, just yeah. I don't, I don't know. We literally bad. threw him in as a shoe in <laughs> to get rid of Brian Bickle. That was a sweetener. Wow. That hurts me more and more by the day, and that's why I'm a little bit concerned. With moving Artem Anisimov, is, I do want to get rid of Anisimov, yeah. but I don't want to throw away another young talent because of him. Like, it's so tough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you it's really Stambo to be in. You really don't want to do that, especially with his horrible track record in those types of trades. The only thing I could see with moving Anisimov that might go in our direction would be packaging him with one of the defenseman prospects we have and maybe a move down, but even then the price would have to be right. I mean, they could do that package and move back up into the first round of this year's draft. That's that's what I'm saying, but obviously with all Later. hypotheticals, yeah. obviously with all hypotheticals, you know, the return would have to be right. And yeah. it still just draws a lot of questions on their own, but man, Anisimov puts us with a bad hand. It's, it's pretty much a king two flop is what we're getting with Anisimov. <laughs> That 4.5 mil would be nice on another team. It's killer, man. If you were if you were someone that could just win faceoffs or do something for our fourth line and we were a good team, I would say I'd bite the bullet for him. But, God, if we have to suffer another two years for Artem and Isimov, Tony, I don't know if I will keep my sanity. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially with all the prospects in our system making their way up, too. Especially imagine if we go in the NHL draft and we're to take someone that could potentially be a center solution like Dylan Cousins, Cousins. Kirby Doc. Imagine yeah. paying Artem Anisimov $4.5 million to center the fourth line. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah let's just not do that not think about it it's trouble so it's gonna yeah. be hard it, it's gonna be hard for the blackhawks to get rid of him and, and no matter what it's gonna be hard to have him on the team right so hopefully i mean he did have a, a tad bit of a bounce back year this year he was really bad two years ago yes um I don't really know where to go about Nismov. Hopefully he has a good showing and just can get back to scoring power play goals for our second unit because that's really the only place he provides worth for our team. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much why they acquired him in the first place, I would say. Yeah, and that's the tough spot about him is because when we were able to play him on the second line with Kanan Panarin, he could drive the net. He was great at doing that. But when we kind of expect anything more out of him, that's when we kind of go into the wrong territory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the trouble with Anisimov. He's someone to keep an eye on for Team Russia. And now moving on to Team Sweden, we got a couple Blackhawks, or at least one Blackhawk of the foreseeable future with Eric Gustafsson. Marcus Kruger will also represent Team Sweden, although we know Marcus Kruger will likely not be a Blackhawk for very much longer. Yeah, um, Kruger, he was great before this past season for the Blackhawks, but I think his time's done. He's just not someone that makes an okay team good. He makes a good team great. Yeah. And he he was acquired to be a penalty specialist, and he couldn't do it. Yeah, no, our penalty kill, I'm still sick of talking about it, Tony. I think we talked about, <laughs> talk about it for every episode from December yeah. on. It was yeah. awful. It was awful. So hopefully we don't have to talk about that next season, and it will likely not have Marcus Kruger and company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think a solid replacement for him would be maybe David Camp. David Camp, absolutely. Much cheaper, he can do the same thing, and he's still got years of progression. Yeah, yep. So I'm I'm definitely more excited to see how Eric Gustafson plays this tournament, uh, especially with some more capable defensemen alongside him. He's got Oliver ekman Larson, mm-hmm. Matthias Ekholm, Adam Larson, and Robert Haig, so... He's got yeah. some credible NHL names around him. Definitely more credible than the Blackhawks did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gustafson, he had, he had a great season offensively. Not as good on defense. Um, I think this tournament could really help him. Maybe some of those guys rub off on him and try, try to improve his game. I think this is a very important tournament. And then also upcoming season for Eric Gustafson and his future as a Blackhawk just because it's a contract year. Yeah. Contract year is always huge. They usually try to push themselves to get the most money that they can. Especially with Stan Bowman. Everything's always a question mark with contract years and him. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if Eric Gustafson could kind of digress before the halfway mark of the season, I would not be surprised to see Stan Bowman get aggressive and try to move him. Yeah, I mean, his value is not going to be any higher than it is Absolutely right now. Not. He, I mean, he we very well could have just seen the best year of Eric Gustafson's career. I, I, would, I would feel safe saying that that was pretty much his feeling. If, if we could somehow move him and maybe not a high-level prospect or maybe a middle-level pick, Mm-hmm. For a four, five, six defenseman, yeah. it would be hard to convince me not to do it with Yoki Haru, Boquist, Mitchell, and Chris coming up. They're all offensive-minded guys. Right. And then you you throw Bodine into the mix, too. That's another guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I forgot about him. He's just another guy that provides great offense. So 
I mean, with the Blackhawks defense, I don't think the thing we need right now is offensive defensemen. Right. We need a we need a top pairing guy that's going to hammer himself in front of Corey Crawford or whoever the goalie's going to be. <laughs> right. That's another question: the goalie position. What are we yeah, going to do there? We got some question marks there. Corey Crawford contract here. Colin Delia just signed a very cheap contract. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, That's a whole another case of its own. But yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see. Uh, definitely in the first half of the season and also this tournament, how Eric Gustafson handles himself in front of his own goaltender. Yeah, this will be uh, interesting to see what he does, if he can progress at all. And then an interesting uh, prospect now, we'll talk about our first Blackhawks prospect that's mm-hmm. on IIHF roster, Philip Kurashev. He is the lone Blackhawk that is playing for Team Switzerland in the tournament and uh, – Hopefully, Tony, he can have another big showing like he did during the WJC in which he scored six goals for his country. Yeah, I, I really like Kurashev. He he could also be another potential third-line center. Absolutely. He's more – I mean, I think with the way he's developing, he's probably going to need some rock for time to adjust. Right. But I think he's someone that, you know, around the middle of the season, end of the year, he could definitely push for a Blackhawks roster spot. Yeah, and he's pretty reliable on defense, too, so that's a nice thing to to have. He's one of our top forward prospects and was the steal of the Ryan Hartman trade along with the draft selection that we took with Nicholas Bodan. So that trade just looks better and better by the day. And hopefully, I mean, we still we see Philip Kirishev at the NHL level at some point next year because he has a lot of skill. Right. Yeah, I I would say he's he's pretty uh, pretty solid on both ends of the ice. Um, he scored sixty five points in fifty nine games this season. Uh, he had five points in the playoffs in their seven games. The team's um, obviously there. Yeah, I mean he he can play. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of how he's going to develop. Yeah, we have to be the right amount of patient. We don't want to rush him into anything, right? Because he's someone that could be a top six piece one day. Yeah, potentially. I would say his floor is probably a third line. His ceiling is probably like second line, I would say. Yeah, he could be a goal-scoring second liner if he's playing with the right people. Yeah, yeah, easily. And that's why I'm excited to see his development, especially with uh, Team Switzerland in this tournament because he made a big impact in his WJC that got his stock boosted way up. Yeah. So he's someone to definitely keep an eye on and there you have it, Blackhawks fans. A ton of Blackhawks prospects and players taking part in the Men's World Championship that officially starts up this Friday. We've had some preseason games, but that tournament officially gets underway on Friday. And now, Tony, although the Blackhawks are not in playoff contention or in the postseason, and the fans have had to watch toughly the St. Louis Blues make the run, there is some good hockey coming up in our future. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to be disappointed when the future looks as bright as it does. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it killed me to see the Blues win last night. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to have the right memory in the back. Of your head. Yeah, exactly. That no matter what, it's going to get better, even though it doesn't look like it right now. It's going to get better no matter what. Right. I would agree with that. I mean, this draft is going to be huge, and this free agency period is going to be huge. 
It's going to be big, especially considering that uh, this is like kind of the first time that we've had some leniency. Uh, we have a good pick. We have some money, and it's just all looking like it's going to be working out in our favor. But there are still some questions going on with who we're going to draft with the third overall right. pick coming up, Tony. Right. I mean, the first and second pick, those are pretty much locked. Um, the third pick is where it gets interesting, and that's where we fell this, this year. So um, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Do we go defense? Because that's obviously our most glaring need. Or do we go with a forward, someone that could play center, win faceoffs, um, another goal scorer? Yeah, so every, it's really interesting, yeah. Everyone kind of has their own opinion about who the Blackhawks should select with the third overall pick and why. And I think that's why it's kind of an important topic to talk about. It's changed a lot since our last episode, Tony. Yeah. Our last episode, we were kind of hyping up and, and yeah. since the U18 tournament, uh, it's kind of seemed like his stock has dropped and he doesn't even seem to be like an option at this point. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of surprising how things turned out. Um, he had kind of a, a poor showing in this tournament and it's rumored that he was injured and not up to full health. I'm not sure how accurate that is, though. He's someone to keep an eye on just because he's kind of had inconsistent play mm-hmm. up and down throughout Russian hockey. Like they've kind of, the KHL's kind of sent him up and down. So he's kind of had that in, inconsistent play about him. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just kind of what has cost him being the third overall pick is just because his, his question marks about him. It just kind of seemed like the Blackhawks may not be going in that general direction, especially if he's going to be staying in Russia the next two years. Yeah, I mean, that two years of uncertainty is definitely going to uh, make teams not want to take him. I mean, he still does have the type of talent that you kind of are like, he's going to be a good player potentially in the NHL one day. He does things well. He plays a 200-foot game. He's a sniper, typical Russian. He can shoot the puck. But there's just the kind of question marks about his game that make you, you know, shaky about taking him third overall. And I think that's where the question lies with the Blackhawks right now, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, they might be unsure about Pod Colson if he's going to be ready. Um, there's definitely other more NHL-ready draft prospects out there. That's kind of a good transition topic as we talk about kind of, I think, the Blackhawk fan favorite right now, in my opinion. It would have to be Dylan Cousins in my mind at number three. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Cousins makes sense. He's the center. He, he, he's he, a 200-foot yeah. forward. He, he can play center. He can, you know, he's good on both sides of the ice. Mm-hmm. And he's still big speed to go along with his six-foot-three frame. There's just kind of some question whether or not he has the skill to play at an NHL level this early. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the problem with a few of these guys at number three. Yeah, you're 100% right. You you can take a guy, and he's probably going to be good, but when? When is he going to be good? Yeah. Who's the right one? That's the problem has been is most people or most draft analysts – kind of feel that all these guys are going to be good they just have a hard right. time knowing who's going to be right good it's really fastest. hard to pin a timeline on any of these players 
Absolutely. And that's the thing with Dylan Cousins is he's shown flashes. He's got the six foot three size. Yeah. He's a 200 foot winger. But the concern is, is he skillful enough to be a number three overall pick? There, there's some doubt there. And, you know, that's what kind of sucks having this early of a pick is Dylan Cousins is probably yeah. going to be a good player. We just want to make sure we get right. the right one I mean, at number three. I feel like it's going to be hard for them to mess up this pick because there are so many good options. But That's yeah. kind of the general sense I've gotten, too, is they have to try harder to mess this up just, than get the Please, right not another Cam Barker. <laughs> yeah, no, that's literally yeah. the worst-case scenario. Absolute worst-case scenario. And I think talking about a defenseman at number three, I think that's a good transition yeah. to Bowen Byram right there because – Bowen Byram, he's a guy, his stock has gone up a lot recently with his play Mm -hmm. in the WHL playoffs. And there's no doubt that Bowen Byram, he's the best defenseman in this draft. But the question with the Blackhawks at number three is, with all the defensive prospects they have, do they want to go with another defenseman? That's, That's a great point. They have so many in their system right now. But I really think Byram stands out because he is probably more ready than some of the prospects in their system right now. That's been the biggest thing that people have been saying about Bowen Byram is that he's significantly better than any defensive prospect Mm -hmm. the Blackhawks currently have. And he's also big and skilled, which is what the Blackhawks are missing. Another thing to keep in mind is that he's a lefty and most of these prospects are right-handed. So they might go with Byram to be honest. I wouldn't rule it out. His stock has definitely risen in the uh, rose mm-hmm. in the last month because a month ago I did not think they were going to go there. Hey Tony, so as we were talking about Bowen Byram potentially being the number three overall pick to the Chicago Blackhawks, it's kind of a tough spot for them to be in just because we really don't know if that's the kind of area they want to go into in depthly. Yeah, I mean. They have so many defensemen prospects in the system that they may feel comfortable with them, and they may have to go with the forward instead, which is totally fine. It's tough because if Bowen Byram really is the number one defenseman prospect, like everyone's hyping him up to be, mm-hmm. I would surely love to have him as a left-handed defenseman in our top four. Yeah. But at the same time, it just uh, it's a tough spot to be in just because we we do need defenseman help, but at the same time, we would love to add a top six forward to our repertoire. Yeah, I mean, if they are able to add a more NHL-ready defenseman like Byram, then that helps the Blackhawks now. But also, if they add a top six forward, that has a trickle-down effect because some of those guys in the top six – like Perlini may not actually be a top six guy. And then adding a, a new prospect into the mix could re-slot Perlini or whoever into their top six who they want. About maybe Cole Caulfield, where, I mean, a month ago, he was not someone we would consider uh, potentially being a Blackhawks number three overall pick. But from what he's shown, man, he really seems like he could be an Alex DeBrinkett of the future, Tony. Yeah, I mean, Caulfield, he's drawing comparisons to DeBrinkett for obvious reasons. 
they're both elite goal scorers. They can score from anywhere. Um, I mean, you took you just, took the time yeah. to to take an article and write about Cole Caulfield and just what he does. Yeah, I mean, he has he has a lot to offer. I'm just not sure if they would take him with the third pick. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like I have a hard time feeling like the Blackhawks. I mean, obviously the situation with Alex DeBrinkett has worked out great for them, but mm-hmm. drafting another guy who's you know five seven, 160, 165 pounds, that's the knack on him, and yeah. it's just it's just kind of hard to fit two guys in one system with that kind of same repertoire. Right. I mean, you can't be like a super small team across the board and expect to really go far. You're going to need some more physical players to help complement some of those smaller players. And what's tough is at the same time, you cannot deny Cole Caulfield's skill. I mean, right. The dude had 70, 72 goals and uh, 64 games this year and, and the USNDP. So like he obviously shown that he has skill. And he can do it, but it's just whether or not the Blackhawks want to add another guy with that size. And that's like the biggest problem to me right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a concern that's definitely uh, warranted. Uh, I mean, there's some bigger players, maybe some more NHL-ready prospects. um, That's what concerns me. That are bigger players, and they can contribute right away. That's what I'm saying, and the kind of idea about, like, Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, and Cole Caulfield on one power play, yeah. it's, it's just kind of hard to imagine, you know, yeah. if, you, if you don't walk in the blue line, it's going to be very hard to go and get the puck in. Yeah. Although, as we've said, Caulfield, he scored 72 goals in 64 games. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. I think, and, didn't he, like, break Ovechkin's record, too? Yeah, yeah, no, he broke a record. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, it's tough to have two guys that are five foot nothing, right. less than 200 pounds on arguably the same power play unit. Yeah. It just it just kind of causes questions, and that's uh, yeah. where that's where I think the Blackhawk Blackhawks come with some concern about the Cole Caulfield pick. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely warranted. Um, I love the article yeah. you wrote about him, though. You wrote a great article about him. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, if they do want Caulfield, there's always the option of trading down and acquiring additional assets. They could do that too. Absolutely. I mean, if if they really think. So at number three, if they really think the guy that they want to go and get is going to be there at five or six, Mm -hmm. they should make that move. They really should. If you can acquire additional assets plus still get the guy you want, that's a no-brainer. Especially if I think the front office is leaning towards Bowen or Turkett. Mm-hmm. I think I think both those guys could be available at five or six. So I think yeah. if the Blackhawks per se were to trade down from three to five, they couldn't lose both right. Turkett and Bowen Byram. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously there's hypotheticals that come with that situation a bunch, but I think there is potential there for the Blackhawks to trade down if it's the right decision. At the same time, I would hate to see them toss away the third overall pick for yeah. something undermining. You know what I mean? Right. Just to like get more for their money, yes. basically. They thought that wouldn't make sense. I would, I would stick at three. If they think they can get the best overall value at three, stick with it. Yeah. But if they think they can move down a couple picks 
and still get a guy like Alex Turkett or Bowen Byram, and you could add maybe a third, fourth-round pick later in the right. draft. Because we do tend to draft well in the second, third, fourth rounds. Yeah, we do. Yeah, exactly. We do tend to draft well in those rounds. So look at I mean, Brinkett. Look at Ian Mitchell. Absolutely. If there's someone there that we can move down for, and think that's the best idea for us, as tough as that is to give away the third overall pick, that mm-hmm. could be in our best overall interest. Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to go about this third overall pick that it kind of boggles your mind. There, there's so many options, but there's a lot of there's stuff to consider with that as well, though. There's a lot of ridiculous ways that we could go about the free agency period, and I think that's a, a good way to transition to our next period is how that free agency period is going to translate into our uh, NHL free agency period, which mm-hmm. for the first time in a couple of seasons, we actually have some money to make some top yeah. moves, but at the same time, we have to be smart about them at the same time, Tony. Yeah, I mean, they're projected to have about $22 million, I think, the last time I checked. Yes. And yeah, that's that's but we gotta be smart money. at the same time. Yes, yeah, smart spending. That'll be pretty much the off season motto. Yeah, I think that's that's the way the Blackhawks have to go about it. And uh, obviously the biggest need for the Blackhawks core right now, I think we could both agree, is that they need solid end zone defensemen. Yeah. And the toughest part about that is we just really there really aren't that many options out there on the free agent right. market that are solid additions on top of not breaking the bank for them. Right. I mean, there are some names out there, um, but you're going to have to be willing to pay extra for them. You're going to overpay. Absolutely. And you uh, wrote about this in the last week or so. If uh, you fans haven't seen that article or not, uh, go follow at certified Tony G. He's a great contributor for Blackhawk Up. Uh, he wrote a great article about the Blackhawks' potential defensemen that they might go out and get. There are just some great options. And I think the mm-hmm. first name to talk about that would be Tyler Myers. Yeah, I mean, Myers, he's a big guy. He's a great shot blocker. He can also contribute on the power play, too, even. He's a guy that's played top four minutes in the last couple of years for Winnipeg. And when, this is a year that... So Eric Carlson is the top defenseman, but he's obviously got a lot of asterisks next to his name about right. where he's going to go. Tyler Myers is probably the next best defenseman just because of the minutes he takes up, the mm-hmm. shot-blocking ability that he has, and also the upside, the offensive upside that he provides from the defensive yeah. side. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his career stats right now. His career – Average ice time is 22-22, so that's great. He's a top-four guy, basically. I mean, yeah. although he is more of a 3-4 than he is probably a 2, mm-hmm. at the same time, if the Blackhawks could find him for the right price, that would be a very nice solution, especially because yeah. he's been signed for 5.5 the last few seasons. So, to be honest, my expectation about him is he's probably going to want more than that. Probably, yeah. Which kind of stinks. I wouldn't overpay for Tyler Myers, but at the yeah. same time, one can also be hopeful. And we know the offensive upside that he provides. He can jump into plays. And he's also 6'7". He's a big reach guy, a big <laughs> shot blocker. Yeah. So he's got yeah, a lot a of aspects to his game. 
He's a mountain of a man. He's a mountain. Sure. I know you've been watching Game of Thrones lately. He's close to the mountain. <laughs> yes, I, I have. I <laughs> got into that, and I have. It's the best, it. Tony. Tony, it is the best. Tyler <laughs> Myers is no mountain, though. I'll tell you that he's no mountain. Yeah, yeah. You I wish mean, he was. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, he he is a mountain in other certain ways, like in his own shots. sense. In his yeah. own sense. Yeah. But yeah, he's someone that I think could be a temporary solution for the Blackhawks. He's someone that we could potentially bring in for the right price. The only thing that kind of stinks about him is the Jakob Truba situation. Jacob Truba, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to let him go. Yeah, that'll be tough. That's tough to see Winnipeg just walking away, but I can also see it happening because they have not been able to get a an, an extension done for the past couple seasons. They have a whole lot of situations on their hands for this free agency period. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of guys that they need to go and resign. So, are uh, they going to keep Myers and Truba? That's what I'm saying. I really find it hard to believe that they will have the money to sign both a Tyler Myers that thinks he deserves more money and yeah. also Jacob Truba at the same time when he's still kind of young as an RFA. Yeah, I mean, Winnipeg, they definitely have their hands full with those two guys, but I mean, defense has been proven to win championships, so maybe they go keep both of them. I don't know. And kind of what I have a tough time feeling about is they've done such a good job with their roster the last yeah. two years, and look at what they did this year. They did nothing. I know. They're, they're kind of stuck in limbo right now. That's they're, what's tough about it. They're good enough to be in the playoffs, but they're not at that next level to be cup contenders. That's what I'm saying, and – it's kind of put Truba and Myers in a tough situation because, I mean, in my opinion. Do they want to stick around? Yeah. In my opinion, at least the Winnipeg Jets are a good team. It's just they somehow haven't executed in the postseason. What do you feel about the Jets? I mean, Jets, they're pretty stacked. I mean, I'm both That's on what both I'm sides saying. of the ice. It's, it's going to be tough to walk away from Winnipeg if you have the opportunity to stay there. That's why I'm thinking one of them – may leave for a higher price, which also at the same time may yeah. not be great for us because I don't know how much of a higher price we can offer to those guys. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if we could get either of those guys out of Winnipeg, that's a win for us just because they've been oh, yeah. so good the last couple of years as a roster yeah. as a whole. Yeah, I mean, if we're able to get one of those guys, they're automatically basically going to be a top-pairing defenseman. That's one thing. So for the right price – Tyler Myers could be part of a defensive solution. And then we'll go on and talk about another potential free agent defenseman, Alex Edler. He's kind of a tweener a little bit. He's a little uh, older too. That's what I'm saying. He's been for the Vancouver Canucks for a, a while now. He's on the wrong side of 30, but at the same time, he's a good penalty killer. He's a good shot blocker, even at this point in his career. Yeah. But the questionable thing I think about Alex Edler is, He's about that 32, 33-year age where he's probably trying to sign his last contract. And yep. for the Blackhawks, I would definitely not overpay for Alex Edler. Yeah, I mean, if we go, if they go the Edler route, I see that maybe being a one-year or two-year deal at most. Absolutely. Um, especially because he has had injury problems in the past. Um, even this season, he, he played only 56 games. Yeah, this was – I mean, he's not a guy that's like – typically injury prone, like a guy we'll talk about in a little bit here, Antron Strawman. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he, 
he's on the wrong side of 30. He's been uh, injured the last couple of seasons, and the Blackhawks would probably like to offer him somewhere around a two-year deal. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would just think with the history of Alex Edler being a Vancouver Canuck and the history of the Chicago Blackhawks, a two-year deal for, you know, like uh, a team-friendly contract probably Mm -hmm. isn't up his alley. Like yeah. him, him signing a team-friendly contract to go to the Blackhawks after all the rivalries the Blackhawks and the Canucks have had the last 10 years, it just doesn't mm-hmm. sound likely to me at least. Yeah, I mean, if I was him at this point in his career, I am trying to go to a contender. I'd be going to the big contract or the big winner. Yeah, if I, if I was going to do a team-friendly deal, if I was Edler, I would go to a surefire cup contender if I'm going that route. That's what I was saying too, and I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure that Alexander Adler is that type of defenseman at this point of his career. You know. Yeah, I know. He, he, makes, he takes a lot of punishment too. He does, and I, I think a, a, a better solution for the Blackhawks could possibly be Anton Strawman from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent. We've talked about a little bit this off season. He, he does happen to be on the wrong side of thirty, but he's younger than Adler. He's only thirty-two. Mm-hmm. And he's played a lot of games in the NHL now on the penalty kill. And he's been – and even though he hasn't won a Stanley Cup championship, he's played in the Stanley Cup final two times throughout his career. So, Anton yeah. Strawman may be a more subtle option for the Chicago Blackhawks this offseason. I think if Strawman is healthy um, and he passes a physical, that could be a sneaky good signing, to be honest. For John Cooper and his core – I know this was important to me in the research was that to John Cooper, the Tampa Bay Lightning head coach, mm-hmm. and he described Anton Strowman as a smart and trusted defenseman who all coaches would love. So even though he missed 35 games last year, if Anton Strowman can stay healthy, he is a solution to our penalty kill. He is an upgrade yeah. for Brent Seabrook. He, he is. He is that defensive defenseman that this team really needs. I really hope we can give him an affordable contract just so he can be here for a couple years because we really don't have many defensemen that get in their 30s that are still effective, you know? Right. We kind of need those guys. And even if it's just for a year or two, I would gladly take Anton Strawman. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that for the most part. And he can also be another mentor for some of these young defensemen coming up. We have so many young defensive prospects coming up that you have to think the old balls of the group are going to show these guys how it's going to be or else they're just wasting their time. Right. That, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not trying to come out here and say, I'd like say some controversy about Tony Keith, but if he's not out there showing Henry Yoki Haru, Adam Boquist, Chad Chris, if he's not showing those guys what's up, then he's, he's kind of not doing his job as a mentor. I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think he will be crucial in the, in the development of some of those younger guys. Um, he's a Stanley Cup champ. He's a Norris Trophy winner. Leader. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a proven leader. He's a great locker room guy. And I think that might be part of the reason why they want to keep him with the, on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And although... Uh, it was a tough postseason for Anton Strawman and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I still yeah. think you, you shouldn't judge a book off four games. Mm-hmm. A- and I think, I mean, 
me and you saw enough this year, Tony, that we were sick of this defense. I think we both can agree <laughs> That's that putting Anton, it mildly. Yes, I think we both can agree that a healthy Anton Strawman in our top four would be a solution. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He would be an instant upgrade. He's that shot blocker, steady defenseman that we need, really, on that blue line. The only thing that concerns me about him is just we just don't want to sign him to a too long piece. Right. That's the problem. Yeah, at this point in his career, he's over 30. I would say maybe a two- or three-year deal max. That's what I'm hoping for as well. And It's kind of stingy in that area for this market. I mean, a, It's a, a shallow pool. Absolutely. And, and a defenseman that is kind of tough to want. He's in the free agent market. Jake Gardner, mm-hmm. uh, he's just kind of a tough defense. I, I feel like he's kind of in that Eric Gustafson realm where yep. you know when he's healthy, what he can provide offensively. He was great for the Maple Leafs this year, but just kind of not what they needed from a defenseman. Yeah. Um, Gardner, he's great on offense but he's not shut down on the defensive end. And I feel like that's the biggest concern to our defenseman is yeah, we need that's... lockdown ASAP Ferg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so much offense on this team already. We need to focus on the defense at this point. That's one thing I think if we want to move this defensive unit as a whole – we know Eric Gustafson can be a 50-60 point producer, mm-hmm. but we need to build defensive pieces around him, and that's where I struggle to think Jake Gardner fits in because yeah, we already have a guy like Jake Gardner. We have Gustafson. We yeah. need defensive-minded guys. Right. Although Gardner would technically be an upgrade, is he really an upgrade? Especially for what price we could per se pay for him. Yeah. I mean, he's already at, let's see, he's already at 4.05 mil right now. So yeah. you're going to expect him to go he's gonna be around at least there. six. He's going to be around there, although he wasn't that great defensively. He is yeah. good offensively. I bet you, there, actually, I won't even say I bet you. There's no doubt in my mind, a team that needs a good offensive defenseman like Jay Gardner mm-hmm. will pay 5.56 for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends how desperate the teams are at this point in free agency. That's what I'm thinking. I just don't think the Blackhawks are the most desperate team. So I think they could probably spend more wisely elsewhere. I think in the forward department is where we're more interested in. Yeah, there's definitely some great forwards available this offseason. And that's where, that's, that's where I think we can kind of transition to the free agent forward department now that we talked about the defensemen. Uh, Looking at some of the forward options for the Blackhawks, we will kind of start to talk about the more expensive options again to the realistic ones. We have to start with Artemi Panarin, Tony. If we don't, we're just wrong. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you have to mention him. He's he's basically the biggest sweepstakes out there right now. And they kind of have an interesting situation because two days ago, when uh, I thought Columbus was going to be Boston, I was like, God damn, is Panarin going to stay in Columbus? <laughs> like, if they go to the Eastern Conference Final, like, is I was, Panarin yeah. going to stay there? I was having those thoughts. I really was when I saw them dominating. They played really well, and honestly, in my own opinion, I think Boston is probably the best team available. 
So I think that was kind of a tough sweepstake for the Blue Jackets to be in, especially with yeah. Duchesne and Panarin and Zingle. But they starting off, out. starting off with Panarin, man, was he fantastic? He gave it a hundred percent. He was down there for them. Yeah, I mean, you can't really ask much more of the guy, especially in the in the situation that he's in with the contract expiring. I mean. He he quieted yeah. so every his whole problem I think before, uh, before he played in the postseason really with the Blackhawks was that everyone wanted to hate on him for his postseason right. uh, postseason production and dude he literally has done the exact opposite for that team he carried <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, I mean I I I wrote an article about the forwards that are the best targets in free agency for the Blackhawks and Panarin was one of them. I mean, he's there's always been that playoff narrative about him, which I didn't understand. I have his career playoff stats pulled up. Um, I mean, he's besides the one year where the Blackhawks lost in 2017. Was that the Blues? Yeah, 2016-17 season. Yeah, I mean, besides that one postseason, he's put up great postseason numbers. And he's going to carry you through the regular season, too, for the most part. Oh, he gets better with his assist numbers every year he plays in the regular season. And in my mind, there's just no reason to dog on him for what he does in the postseason. I mean, he's answered all those questions everybody could ever want, especially mm-hmm. especially before this postseason where uh, he's kind of gone out in public. I mean, he's had his own fun with it. I mean, right. he's been he's been posing with the vodka signs in Columbus. <laughs> like, I really think he's probably going to go somewhere warm in Florida because I think he's the type of player that wants to live his life. Yeah. But, I mean, we can give him all we can at the same time. Uh, I just feel like for Artemi Panarin as uh, a player, it's going to be hard just because I think Stan Bowman really screwed us over by trading him right after he signed that extension. Yeah, that that's definitely going to probably play a role. I just don't uh, think he has the confidence to sign a long-term deal with us or just feels comfortable, which I wouldn't yeah. myself. Yeah, personally. That's fair. I mean, you sign a two-year bridge deal with a team you think you're probably at least semi-likely in your own mind at that time to spend your professional career with and then mm-hmm. you know, halfway into the summer they send you away. I'd be pretty pissed too, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, I I'm not gonna deny that. I easily see his side of that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, continue. I, yeah, sorry. Um, oh, you're good. He's actually arguably gotten better since he joined the Blue Jackets. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Because he's he's increasing his point totals every year. And, he's their guy. Yeah, and he has great defensive stats, the plus minuses, everything. I'll tell you what, I will I, I was salty as shit when we traded Panarin, <laughs> but as salty as the Blue Jackets fans are going to be when they let Panarin walk away for free. For nothing. That's going to be hard. That's going to be yeah. hard. I mean, at least we got something back. It kind of softened the blow, but just walking for nothing. I at, least there's, at least there's potential for pieces around Saad, but – but a potential piece that could hurt them more is uh, the Matt Duchesne situation with yeah. Columbus. Duchesne's yeah. a skillful center. He's only 28 years old. 
He is without a doubt the best son, best center under 30 on the market, a seven-time 20-goal scorer. He's had a tremendous postseason. He's had a tremendous postseason for uh, Columbus so far. He's been really good for Columbus so far this postseason. Yeah, I mean, Columbus really got themselves into a bind by going all out for Duchesne and like every into Zingle and like all the additions that they made to the team. So they're going to be uh, in, a, in a tough spot here. Um, Duchesne, he's a proven offensive playmaker. Um, the only knock on him really is his defense. But I mean, if you surround him by defensively responsible forwards, he's going to, he's going to produce for you in a big way. Yeah, now Matt Duchesne is definitely an upgrade. Could you imagine heading into the season next year with Jonathan Taze, Dylan Strom, and Matt Duchesne at center? <laughs> yeah, and then to Potent- round out, maybe David Camp is the fourth. That's what we were saying. I mean, if we could somehow convince Matt Duchesne that uh, this is the best place for him to sign, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's more tougher said than done Right. the situation with Matt Duchesne. But could you imagine having a center like that on our potentially second or third line? Yeah, that's that's totally going to change like the state of the team. It gives them so much more depth and flexibility in line combinations, and the power play will see a boost. I I just think it would be an overall good move if, if the contract is right. Yeah, and I think um, potentially there could be even a solution if. We don't go the center route, maybe with Matthew Shane, but there are some wing options out there this postseason with maybe a guy like Jeff Skinner for the Buffalo Sabres this year. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Skinner, he was traded to the Sabres uh, this In a tough contract. Yeah, uh, he was traded to the Sabres in, in the offseason, and he ended up really gelling with this team. The team's a young, up-and-coming uh team with like big upside like with players like Eichel and Ristolainen and etc. They have talent. Yeah, they have talent. Putting it all together and getting a coach. Uh, they didn't really have a good coach. Um, yeah, so that's even- kind of Tony, well, a guy like Jeff Skinner may be a solution to the Chicago Blackhawks top line. He will be a guy that could potentially cost 8 to $9 million, but at the same time, Guys that are 30, 40 goal scorers, they don't grow on trees. And Jeff Skinner could be a lethal addition to the Chicago Blackhawks top six. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Skinner would be a welcome addition for the most part. Um, He can fill that top six winger position, um, maybe even alongside Jonathan Taze, because that first line had basically like a carousel last season. Maybe Skinner could be a solution there. He had a crazy 40-goal season for the Sabres, and he was even injured at the end of the year. So there is still some uh, upside to Jeff Skinner's game. Uh, he's only 27 years old, so, you know, there's uh, some eyes to keep on potentially for, you know, a guy like Matt Duchesne or Jeff Skinner, someone that could add to our top six, someone that could be a, a serious solution to, you know, uh, our, our depth scoring problems. Yeah, I mean, if they're able to add someone like Jeff Skinner or even Matt Duchesne, uh, their, their whole team gets better. 
some of those guys that are in the top six, maybe don't belong here, can be re-slotted into a position that better suits their skill set and also helps the team out a little bit better. Absolutely. It's all about using the money that we have in the most efficient way. And now that we kind of get out of the subject of the, you know, the top free agent forward options, we'll move into some of the cheaper free agent options. And uh, one of the guys I want to start with is Kevin Hayes, who's kind of a tough subject because he did bail on the Blackhawks a few seasons (laughs) ago. But but he did just have a good season, uh, second half especially, with the Winnipeg Jets, he's a guy that can play on the power play and the penalty kill. He he's about a forty point guy, but at the same time, uh, he he's kind of an up and down in betweener yeah. a little bit from Kevin Hayes. What what are your opinions on Kevin Hayes a little bit, Tony? Kevin Hayes, um, he he would be a great addition at the center position. I feel like he would be an upgrade over Anisimov on that third line. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, he's actually a pretty decent playmaker too for his skill set. Um, he usually has a pretty solid net front presence. Um, he, He's a potential yeah. solid third liner, I think, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if if the money lines up, I, I'm for bringing him in, even though some, kind of, some fans might not be too happy about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, kind of knack on Hayes uh, in particular about his contract situation this year was last offseason he kind of took a – bet on himself he kind of bet on himself taking a mm-hmm. one-year deal thinking that he'd have a big progression this year heading into this offseason yeah. so that he could so that he could sign a big uh a big deal this offseason so I mean I don't think I really don't think in my personal opinion that's going to happen for Hayes I mean he had a good year but I just don't yeah. think he's going to sign a big deal so if uh the Blackhawks could fit somewhere along the uh optimal price range size I think Kevin Hayes could potentially be a third liner of ideal situation yeah i mean speaking of that third line if they keep sod on that third line and they add Hayes, that could be a really good line there's a lot of options when you think about the money we could spend and potentially on that third line someone that uh rings a bell real quick is ryan dezingle mm-hmm. uh, an illinois boy he's still only 27 years old um and he scored 20 goals in back-to-back years, and he's still just 27 years old. So he's someone that could have a lot of upside in the bottom nine as someone who's a free agent more than Kevin Hayes would be. Yeah, I mean, for the money, Dezingle might be the better option. It's going to be interesting to see what he wants to do just because even though Columbus is expected to lose most of their free agent options, mm-hmm. they are still probably going to be a good team next year. Yeah. Like, they still will have some pieces that will be a good team. And uh, Ryan Dezingle is probably one of those uh, tweener guys that could either be part of their future or they could move that could be part of a future program. So yeah, I could potentially see Ryan Dezingle moving to us, hopefully for a cheap price. But for someone that scored 20 goals in the last two years, I feel like he could be someone on the third line that scores, you know, yeah. 20 goals, 40, 50 points a season. And that would be a nice – uh, contribution for our bottom six. Yeah, I mean, he he can actually score a fairly decent amount, and and he's got the hometown hometown discount potentially. Yeah. <laughs> we we always talk. I about mean, who knows if he discount, actually yeah. wants to be? We we love to ring it. <laughs> we love to hope. We love hope. We love to hope people will sign him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe his family will play a role in his decision too. You never know. 
That that also could be a decision in the Alex Turkett situation. Yeah. He's an Illinois boy. So all I'm saying is there's there's Illinois situations out there. Yeah. There are chances for us to get better. Yeah, I mean, if it's an opportunity to upgrade your team, you have to pursue it. I was actually a big Ryan Dezingle guy heading into this offseason. Uh, he was one of the guys last season for me when they were absolute trash <laughs> that really stood out to me. I thought, like, he really – Looked good. He was one of their prime goal scorers. Yeah. And um, I actually, before the NHL season started, I was kind of sad. I didn't get to complete this as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I made an Eastern Conference uh, projection list. Yeah. And one of my projections in the Eastern Conference was that Ryan Zingle would score 25 goals for Ottawa this year. Oh, wow. And he lived, up, he lived up to that hype. So I really think there is some potential there with Ryan Zingle. Mm-hmm. And I think he could be a goal scorer on the second or third line for the Blackhawks that we really could use. Yeah, I mean, he's also um, – he could play center or he could play wing too, so that helps in flexibility. Yeah, he's probably at this point in his career at 27, he's probably more of a winger than he is a center. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for the production, he can provide uh, – especially an Ottawa Senators team that – Really, the last couple of years hasn't shown much offensively. He's looked good for them. Yeah. So, he's someone we should definitely uh, look at potentially this offseason if the price is right. Mm-hmm. Some other guys I have just off the top of my head that guys that we could potentially look at, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone maybe like uh, Gustav Nyquist. Yeah, he's Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. Jordan Eberle, Marcus Johansson, and Michael Furland. Those are a couple guys that are – uh, at least to me, at for the time being, uh, some reasonable options for the Chicago Blackhawks this offseason. Yeah, I mean, some of those guys are going to be a little cheaper too, so maybe you could add even more than one of them at once. That's what I'm saying. I tweeted about this today, about Gustav Nyquist in particular, because I know Jeremy Colleton and company were out on the West Coast. Uh, I'm not sure if it was game four or game five, mm-hmm. but I know Colleton and his scouting uh, report we're out there to watch the abs and sharks game mm-hmm. and uh, i kind of hope they're in the line of looking for gustav nyquist just because um he's probably the cheaper option of that group i mean i, I besides yeah. him i'm not sure uh besides maybe eric carlson who obviously we know is going to be expensive yeah i i'm not sure what a cheaper option could be for them and i think Gustav Nyquist has been really good this postseason. 13 games played, a goal and eight assists. Yeah, that's really good. And he he also is on a $4.5 million contract. So he's probably someone that wouldn't cost as much as a high-end free agent. But at the same time, uh, we have to be smart about our money and spend it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with Nyquist. He was actually on my list. Um, he set a new career high in points this season with 60. Uh, he scored 22 goals with 38 assists, and he was a plus one in his plus minus rating. So that, yeah. that's a good year. He was very good. And overall, the Blackhawks, they have some options out there for this free agency class. And also through this draft class, they have uh, some good experience to watch some of their roster players play in the IIHF Men's World Championship, Tony. And I think this is probably a good point to wrap it up. I think we both can agree that the Blackhawks have a lot of high hopes in their near future. Yeah, I mean, it, this offseason is going to be really fun because so many different things can happen. They have the potential to add top free agents with their cap space. 
they have the potential to add a instant upgrade at either the forward position or defenseman position. Um, I mean, yeah, it, this offseason is going to be huge. It's a crucial crossroads, and it will be interesting to see which route they take. Absolutely a crucial crossroad, and the Blackhawks certainly have to spend money in free agency on July 1st the right way. So, Tony, I think we can both agree this would probably be a good point to wrap up this episode. We are very hopeful for the Blackhawks and free agency, the Blackhawks through the draft. There's a lot of reasons to be hopeful for the future of the Chicago Blackhawks, Tony. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Even though the season might not have ended the way you want, next season is looking that much brighter. Next season is going to be a fun one to watch. So, as always, I could not be more excited. So, Tony, I think we've covered everything we wanted to, and that was a good point to wrap up this episode. So, as always, to all the fans, all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it much more than you guys know. Please make sure to give the Talking Hockey podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts and Twitter. Uh, it can be found on Twitter at Talk Hockey. Also, make sure to give the podcast five stars on the Apple Podcast. Super important, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Me and Tony really appreciate it. So from me, Jack Bush, and my partner, Tony Generis, make sure to give all his articles a view. You can find him at certified underscore Tony G. He's got a lot of good out there for Blackhawk Up. Tony, you got anything for us before we are heading out? I appreciate all the shout outs and I love being on the podcast, just being able to speak our mind. It's a great outlet. Um, I mean, we have a lot to look forward to this season. Um, just don't get down because there's a lot of positives heading your way. Absolutely. Do not get down. We got a long way ahead of us. And Tony, I'm super excited that you will be alongside me to join us. So once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening to me and Tony Generis uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks organization. I hope we do well this offseason and in this draft. All I can say is go Blackhawks and hope Stan Bowman makes our defense great again. Tony Janaris, thank you again for joining me tonight. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Go Hawks and everybody have a good one.